Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We have made it to the start of high school football later this evening here across southern Indiana. That is a good feeling to know that high school sports are back here with the school year recently underway, getting closer to the start of the IU football season. And I saw a projection, a prediction, you could say, uh, just before I came on the air from a couple college basketball analysts that have a pretty impressive record projected for IU, and so I'll tell you about that here in just a few moments as well. Glad to have you with us tonight. I've had a couple questions, one text on the Thornton's text line, wanting to know what game we would have on the Big X tonight, high school football-wise. And I know it's been mentioned on some other programs. I haven't said it yet on this program, and I need to. Unfortunately, high school football here in southern Indiana this season will not air on the Big X. The Big X is now home of St. X football, one of the great football programs all time in Louisville. All of their games each Friday will be here on the Big X. Southern Indiana football will primarily be on 94.7 FM, one of our sister stations, and that game tonight will be a big one, Silver Creek at Charlestown. That is the big one here in Week 1. It's a rivalry game, a conference game, a lot of excitement in that contest between both communities. And really, I'm excited to see Charlestown. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the area this season and compete maybe for a conference championship and a sectional championship as well. So uh, high school football tonight on 94.7. So when you tune in, don't be surprised when you hear St. X football and not Southern Indiana football here on the Big X. There is a change for high school football this season. Those Southern Indiana games will be on 94.7. Let's get into our show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, we'll have our news and notes of the day as we move into the uh, latter stages of August. That is hard to believe. Uh, In segment two, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join. We'll talk IU football and some basketball as well. And then we'll wrap up the show and the week with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. There's a lot of high school and recruiting nuggets to get to today. We'll do that with Kyle a little bit later in the hour. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502 414-1450. 
It's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton, so each week one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash, not a Refreshing Rewards member. No problem. Send the word rewards to the number 80313 today. That's 80313 today. Let's get into some news, some notes, some headlines from today. First, IU basketball. Uh, Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander, two college basketball Insiders for CBS Sports uh, gave their preview of Indiana recently. It's actually a little video, uh, a YouTube video that uh, says Indiana has its best roster in years. Uh, they have Indiana at 23 and eight on the regular season and finishing with a 14 and six record in the Big Ten. My question to you is: Given all the hype around this basketball team for the upcoming season. If you were told right now that IU was guaranteed a 23 and 8 overall record and a 14 and 6 record in the Big 10 conference, would you be satisfied with that record? I would like to know what you would project the Hoosiers record to be uh, at this point of the offseason. 502-414-1450 if you'd like to send in your thoughts on that, but I I think it's a, a solid Projection. I think that most Indiana fans would be happy uh, with that roster. Obviously, that's the kind of record and performance that would set you up for a nice NCAA tournament appearance and a really good NCAA tournament seed, I would think, given how tough the Big Ten Conference typically is and given how different IU's non-conference schedule is this year. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. It's We're getting to the point where we can start talking about those things, projected records and, and Big Ten Conference finishes. And it's uh, who knows uh, what's going to happen between now and the start of the season and the start of the season and the end of the season. But it's fun to think about, and it's great to see Indiana in the mix for some of this conversation, uh, that is for sure. Also, a reminder, uh, an IU and local note here, Romeo Lankford will have the uh, the court, the basketball court at New Albany High School, uh, dedicated to him at a ceremony that will begin at noon on Saturday. Doors will open at 11.30 a.m. It's free admission. Uh, Romeo will be there signing autographs. Fans are asked to bring just one item uh, to the event on Saturday. But I've seen a picture of the floor at New Albany. Romeo's signature on there a couple times. Romeo Langford Court is right there in the center, below the center circle. Uh, so a very uh, dominant uh, marking on the floor. There's no question about that. And uh, Romeo Langford will be there to unveil that with New Albany officials. I know Coach Jim Shannon going to be uh, at that ceremony tomorrow as well. And uh, so neat to see the court at New Albany High School named after Romeo Langford. And that will be made official on Saturday afternoon. Afternoon. Also, a few other things to mention. I had talked earlier in the week about Gabe Cups uh, from Centerville, Ohio, that he was going to play in this charity game uh, down in Lexington later this month that would benefit the Eastern Kentucky flood victims. Uh, his appearance is off, and that game has now been canceled because uh, some of the big stars in that game, Kentucky high school players like Reed Shepard, who is headed to Kentucky, and Travis Perry of Lyon County, who 
is a really talented young prospect in the state of Kentucky. Uh, they can't play in the game. Kentucky has some crazy rules once school begins back in the fall that you can't play in fall leagues and basketball events without receiving a waiver. And they've uh, proposed this to their membership that they change or remove that rule a few times. It came up first during COVID, uh, and they the membership rejected that change. So um, as the rules state, uh, those players, those Kentucky high school players, will not be able to participate in the game. They were unable to get a waiver from the KHSA, and I understand now that that game has been canceled. So I thought maybe we'd see Gabe Cups, and there were going to be a number of other interesting players, uh, Badunga from Kokomo and some other interesting guys that are on Indiana's radar were set to play in that game and could play in that game based on rules from their state. It's just the Kentucky guys that are affected, but with that said, the game uh, in Lexington has been uh, now canceled, and that's a bummer because it, all the money you know going to the flood victims in eastern Kentucky, obviously, uh, to a good event. A couple other notes to pass along today. Um, one thing regarding the UCLA and the Big Ten Conference, it's worth watching. The uh, University of California Systems Board of Regent uh, had a really long meeting yesterday to address an impact report on options available to the board after UCLA's expected move from the Pac-10 to the Big Ten. And I, I thought when the Big Ten made this announcement that everything was official and done, and I assume that it is, but this Board of Regents has some issues with it. And in fact, after the meeting, uh, there were some uh, folks from the, the board saying that uh, they thought they had a path to stop this. So uh, could the UCLA move to the Big Ten Conference be slowed down or be held up? I don't think so, but it's worth watching because they are definitely facing some pushback from their Board of Regents, which, again, is not just in charge of the L.A. campus in California, but in charge of so many schools that make up that University of California system. Uh, so interesting to see this discussion going on, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it from a distance, That that is for sure. But uh, definitely, um, right now, UCLA set to join the Big Ten in 2024, uh, but this does make you kind of wonder what's going on here. So we'll pay attention to that from a distance. Also, high school football tonight. I mentioned the Silver Creek at Charlestown game will air on 94.7 this evening. It's a 7 p.m. kickoff in that contest. And, you know, Silver Creek really has controlled that series the last few years. Uh, they've won the past three meetings between the two rivals and two conference opponents. And I didn't realize until I was reading one of Josh Cook's stories today, uh, the last three meetings, the last two uh, wins by Silver Creek have been by an average of almost 30 points a game. 29.5 points is the average for the Silver Creek wins over the last two games. So uh, this is the first time the game's been played at Charlestown since 2018. The 2020 contest was supposed to be at Charlestown, uh, but they had, it had to be moved because there was construction being finished up on the stadium just in advance of the season. And so today, tonight, Charlestown with a big opportunity to answer back at home finally uh, against their rival just down the road. And it's the Battle of Highway 403, so it's a big game to start the season, also a conference game. And so uh, I, I look for Charlestown to flip the script tonight in that contest, uh, but it's always a big one when Silver Creek and Charlestown hook up. 
And so that's the game of the evening that you could hear on 94.7 from a Southern Indiana perspective. Also, Louisville Mail is at Floyd Central tonight. This is the last year that Floyd will open with the Kentucky Powerhouse. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff. Scottsburg at Clarksville also begins at 7. Bloomington South at New Albany, that's going to be a later start, 7.30 tonight. That's the other game tonight that I I really focused on. And then Bardstown-Bethlehem from Kentucky – They will play at Providence tonight, also a 7.30 start. And that's the schedule of Week 1 high school football here uh, in the area. Silver Creek, Charlestown, big. New Albany, Bloomington South, interesting because we'll see how the Bulldogs bounce back after a good year a season ago. A lot of new faces there. Uh, And then keep in mind, another team I really want to see is Jeff, but they're idle tonight because their Week 1 game was canceled. They've got a lot of transfers, a lot of new faces uh, there for the Red Devils, some key returns players as well, and uh, kind of unknown what their prognosis for this season will be. And because of no Week 1 game, we may not learn much about the Devils until they get into Week 2 and Week 3 of the season. But they are definitely an area team that I'm curious to see play uh, this season and find out exactly what Coach Parker's team is all about. Again, my plea to you is get out to a high school football game tonight. The weather is supposed to be fantastic. Normally this time of year, we're facing unbelievable temperature, and of course uh, coaches and ADs have to pay a lot of attention to the heat index this time of year, but it's really not been an issue here the last week or so, uh, and we should have some really comfortable weather by the time game time arrives tonight. And then a year or so ago, we had terrible storms, which delayed everything in week one of football. It was an absolute disaster. So it looks like a great night to kick off the season. And uh, I think we'll see some great crowds, especially at that Silver Creek-Charlestown game. I've got hopes for Chad Gilbert and those guys at Charlestown that they can fill up uh, the stadium tonight and kick the season off in a big way. But hopefully across the area we see some great crowds here. A lot of excitement with Week 1, kind of an open deal this season on who's going to be the team or two in the area, and uh, should be a lot of fun. So get out to a high school football game this evening, and keep in mind we'll have uh, on 94.7 the Silver Creek and Charlestown game tonight. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dylan Wallace. He's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. We'll talk the opening night of high school football quickly. Then we'll get into some IU football and basketball stuff as well with Dylan. Still ahead, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. Glad to have you with us. Dylan Wallace, uh, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest in this segment. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450 is the number. Again, 502-414-1450. Dylan, we've got a lot of IU-related stuff to chat about today, but it's also the opening day of high school football here in the Hoosier State. Uh, Where are you headed tonight for the Seymour Tribune? Tonight I'm going to uh, Greenwood High School, so Seymour's opening their season at Greenwood. 
I haven't played them in a while, I don't think, so uh, it'll be a little bit of a, a new face, new kind of competition they're going to open the season with. So I'm excited to, to head up there kind of toward Indy area. Uh, I know they got a turf field. they got a nice uh, facility over there, so excited to kind of check that out too. First time I'll be at that high school. So always cool when you go to a new school that you haven't really been to to kind of see it out. So excited for, for football to get kicked off, though. Uh, it should be should be hopefully the start of a fun season, and I'm, uh, I can't wait to get it, get it rolling. Next Friday night, week two, you'll get the first look at the Red Devils of Jeff as they do not have a week one game. They're scheduled to play at Seymour a week from today. So uh, you'll have an early season look at the Red Devils, their first game of the year next Friday. Yeah, I remember last year, it was also week two, uh, Seymour was at Jeff, and it was kind of a really weird game. Jeff was up like 34 to 6 at halftime. They were rolling, and then Seymour made like a kind of a weird comeback. I mean, it didn't really feel like they were ever going to win the game, but they got a little too close toward the end, and it was just kind of a, a kind of a funky game to watch. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to kind of see if it's a little bit more evenly played throughout both halves this time around. Uh, it'll obviously be at Seymour this time, but yeah. Uh, early Hoosier Hills conference matchup, and I, I you know, I guess uh, for Seymour, they, they'll just have to go off that Jeff scrimmage, and they don't have any game to off them yet because they don't have a Week One game. But uh, should be interesting, and I'm I'm excited for that one too next weekend, the home and opener for them. Absolutely, and you know, we talked about this recently, but the Hoosier Hills conference is is somewhat open this year. I think people think New Albany should be good. Some of the coaches on our show Monday, our preview show, mentioned that they thought Seymour could maybe on paper be one of the favorites to win the conference. You've always got. Columbus East in the mix, and there's some other schools like Jeff where you've got a lot of losses from last year, but some returning players and even some new faces. It's very much a, an open feel right now in the HHC. Yeah, which is always fun. Uh, unfortunately for Seymour, uh, one of their, well, probably their best player, Jalen Johnson, uh, he's a receiver, uh, had an amazing freshman year last year. He also plays on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he, he fractured his fibula during a scrimmage last week against Silver Creek, so he's out mm. for probably the first half of the season. I think it's about four to six weeks. He's saying, he, he's saying he'll be back in like four weeks. I think he's pretty optimistic to come back. But losing him, who's definitely their best player all around, uh, it's going to be really tough early on for them. But we'll see, we'll see kind of how, how they're able to manage it. You know, hopefully it doesn't hurt them too too hard in the first half of the season. But yeah, that that could be tough for them. But but you're right. I mean, I think at full strength, they could be a pretty competitive team. You know, they closed last year pretty well. Obviously, you know, we both remember that really exciting sectional championship game last year between Seymour and New Albany. Came down to the final play, the last ten seconds that New Albany was able to win it. So uh, hopefully, we get a lot more games like that. And then you know, the competition in the conference is, is nice and solid. But yeah. Probably New Albany. I'm excited to see Jeff next week. I think, you know, they, they always just have a lot of really good athletes. So, you know, they could always be a tough team. Um, you know, so, so it, should, it, should, it should be a good competitive conference year. And, um, you know, I'm excited to kind of see who, who sort of takes, takes control of the, of the HHC and, you know, who starts to kind of make a run for, for that conference title. Because it's always, it's always a, a big thing to win your conference. And it, it's always a good momentum booster, too, when you're heading into the postseason as well. Absolutely. Fun for the fans when it's open as well. There's not some dominant. Uh, almost for sure bet to win it. So Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. Let me pose this question to you. I mentioned this in the first segment today. Uh, Matt Norlander and Gary Parrish from CBS Sports did their little video preview on IU as they worked through the top teams in college basketball for this upcoming season. Uh, they had Indiana 23 wins, 8 losses overall, and with a 14-6 and record in the Big Ten Conference. Do you think uh, with all the excitement around this program and the roster back and the new faces in, would most IU fans, you think, be happy with that record this season? I think so. Uh, I think over 20 wins 
uh, in the regular season would be great. I think an above, you know, 500 record in the conference would be something like a miracle. I mean, we they haven't seen that in, in a while. The fans haven't. Uh, so they're always they've always been a couple games under, or right around you know 500 in the Big Ten. So to kind of be comfortably above 500 in the conference would would be a great feeling for Indiana fans. And obviously that's what they're expecting this year. I mean, they're not expecting Indiana to be kind of middle of the pack. They expect to be more toward the top. So, but yeah, I think I think they'd be pretty happy with that record. And you actually saw something uh, this morning, and, and you might have seen it, but John Rothstein tweeted out. Uh, there's six programs, conference Power Five programs this year who did not add a transfer entering uh, this season for basketball. It's IU, Iowa, Michigan State, UCLA, USC, and Villanova. So those six schools haven't added the transfer. And, and you know, we obviously know following Indiana, they did not add a transfer because they they brought in talent, you know, four man talented freshman class. They brought a lot of guys back. But I just think it's pretty interesting. I think you know. Purdue, Stanford, UConn, and Villanova were four teams who didn't do it heading into last season, um, and, and they all had pretty okay years last year, obviously. So I, I think it's kind of an interesting thing, and you know we'll see kind of not having to, to you know add in a, a bunch of new guys, having a lot of guys back, having that continuity, um, and a lot of the players for IU have talked about that this offseason. You know we know what to expect with Mike Woodson. We're not trying to learn him, learn the system. We all kind of know what to do. So that's your play to their advantage. And, uh, you know, you hope they, they're a little bit more, you know, got the chemistry and everything down pretty early on in the season. So that should help them out, probably get, to, get off to a better start, help them, help them in the middle of the season, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that, that record would be great for IU fans, and it probably puts them in a pretty good position in terms of, you know, competing toward the top of the Big Ten, getting a top, you know, five, six seed in the NCAA tournament. So I think fans would be pretty pleased with that for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a rope here a little bit, but I know we still have a lot to figure out between now and the season, but I think Indiana could maybe even do better than that. I know the non-conference schedule yeah. is much, much difficult, uh, more difficult this year than it has been for some time. So, you know, there's going to be some slip-ups there. I, I have no question about that. But I think this is an Indiana team that just seems to have the right mix of players back and senior leadership and interior players and the guards. If Tamar Bates and some others take their game up a level and Trace Jackson Davis and Race and others stay where they've been and maybe they're improved as well, I do think it's possible for Indiana to best 23 wins. Yeah, I think it's very possible as well. Um, and, and, you know, I think when, when their Big Ten schedule came out, when you kind of looked at who they had to play, where and what, I, I think it, it was it was pretty pretty reasonable and not, you know, it doesn't seem super difficult on teams, you know, that they play twice, where they go to play teams, stuff like that. It seemed like it wasn't wasn't too bad for them. So so that could play their revenge as well, especially in conference play. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do better than that. And, you know, we all think that this team has sort of the talent to kind of overachieve and, and kind of be one of the better teams you know, in the country, in the conference, for sure. So, um, you know, we'll see. And it, it, does, it does depend on a lot, like you said, you know, if Tamar Bates makes a jump, if, you know, Race and Trace just add a little bit things here or there that make them a little bit more effective players. You know, if, if Xavier Johnson starts off the season like how he closed last year and he's just consistent all the way through, you know, if the freshmen like Hood Chafino and some of the other guys are as, as kind of ready to play as we think they are, uh, this team could definitely make some noise. I think they could be – uh, pretty good, and everyone's pretty high on them right now. Um, so, so I don't think anybody would be super surprised if they do get off to a, a great start and they're really successful and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we just got to see it all happen first. And you know, I think Indiana fans are, are maybe a little. Uh, I think they're all excited, but you know, we it's just it's just been a while since they've seen a team kind of be able to you know have control and, and just kind of feel like, hey, you know, we think they're actually going to win this game, and we're pretty confident in their ability to bounce back and all this kind of stuff. So it's just something fans haven't seen in a while. 
So I think once they kind of get used to that, if this team starts to showcase that maturity, that continuity, that leadership, the senior stuff, all that stuff, you know, if they're able to kind of get that rolling at the start of the season, uh, they could definitely get over 23 wins. And I think they could, you know, have more than 14 wins in the conference. You know, if you're talking about competing for a Big Ten title, uh, you know, you, you might need to lose less than six games. You know, we, you know, we're not, we're not sure how some of the other Big Ten teams are going to shake out. You know, it, it always seems like, you know, we're saying the Big Ten's not as talented as it was last year, but I feel like we said a lot going into the Big Ten Conference, and then there's, there's guys who just make big jumps, and there's teams who are better than we thought they would be and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the Big Ten's always going to be a tough conference, and, you know, you might need to win more than 14 games in that conference if you want to compete for a Big Ten title. So, you know, I think they're capable of doing that as well, which obviously helps their overall win total. So, see, I agree with you. I, th- I think it's very possible for them to, to kind of get over that standard. Um, but but we'll see. I mean, uh, I think fans are, are excited for and, and a lot of the people who are kind of previewing them and, and kind of giving their projections are, are pretty high on them. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully they live up to it. And I think they're talented enough to do so. But uh, we just got to wait and see. But I think there's just a lot to be excited about. Yeah, I agree. Talking with Dylan Wallace. Dylan, I was watching a, a highlight uh, clip of uh, Xavier Johnson that uh, appeared on my social media somehow yesterday. And it kind of reminded me, especially toward the end of the season, he was playing at a very high level, I felt like, for Indiana. And he was a big part of the late season success and, of course, the Big Ten tournament and uh, getting a win there in the NCAA tournament. But with that said, you know, I've not thought as much about him because there have been so many other big stories about Trace coming back and Race coming back and others coming into the program and recruiting. But Xavier Johnson, to me, I think is going to be one of the big keys for this team next season. If he can pick up at the beginning of the year where I think he left off, uh, Indiana's uh, ability with Trace and others in goes to a whole new level. Yeah, and I, I you know, honestly think Xavier was, was probably IU's best player for a lot of kind of that second kind of half slash end of the run season for them. I mean, I know, I know Trace kind of went to another level. throughout the rest of the season. But but before that game, you know, he was struggling a little bit, but but Xavier Xavier was not. I mean, you know, remember the, the game that closed the regular season at in Mackey Arena. I mean, Indiana almost won that game. You know, you could argue they probably should have won it, aside from a few things here or there. And, and Xavier Johnson was absolutely incredible. I mean, he made some passes during that game. He made one pass that I just, I've just never seen someone do. I mean, it was like an over-the-head bounce pass through two guys, right, to, like, trace for a dunk. It was, it was incredible. You know, the stuff he was doing – Breaking down the defense, getting into the paint, you know, setting up trades for those lobs. Uh, you know, he would use that to kick it out to shooters and get Miller cops some open threes. Um, he, he was just doing everything, and he was just so good at the end of last season. And it was really a, a pretty solid game stretch for him. I mean, it, it was it was a, it wasn't just three games. It was a good, you know, close to probably like you know eight or ten games where he was just really really playing at a high level. Um, and you know, and that, you know, it took a while. Mike Woods has always said he's hard on his point guards. I think it took Xavier a while. I mean, he got off to a shaky start. A lot of fans were on him. They said he was inconsistent. He's a hothead. He can't stay on the floor, picks up foul trouble, all that kind of stuff. And that was all fair. But, you know, he could just do things that, you know, Indiana hasn't seen a guard be able to do since probably Yogi Ferrell. I mean, obviously Yogi was probably, a, you know, a better shooter and better scorer than Xavier is. But, but still, just the ability to handle the ball and set up teammates and, and create so many things for his teammates – you know, they haven't seen that for a while, you know, five years from a guard at Indiana. So, you know, he, he was doing a lot of great things, and I think, you know, if he can pick that up where he left off, which I think I'm pretty confident he will be able to do because, you know, he's got more of a system under his belt. He's got all that stuff. He knows what it takes now to kind of be the point guard for Woodson at IU. Um, you know, they're going to be really good if, if he can do that. And then, 
you know, if, if Xavier's playing like that, then whatever extra things you can get from a Jalen Hutchinson as a secondary ball handler, whatever extra you get from a Tamar Bates being a little bit more of a creator on the perimeter, you know, all that added in, you know, so everything isn't on X. If you have other guys that can come in and, and help out in that regard, uh, it'll just be so much better. And, you know, it's even the small things if Xavier drives, picks it out to one of those guys, and if, if they can drive off the dribble, break down a, you know, break down a closeout, attack a closeout, because, you know, Miller, Coffin, Parker, Stewart couldn't do that. You know, they would just catch and shoot. They couldn't really put the ball on the floor. But if you surround X with guys that can do that, it just makes the offense so much more dynamic. So uh, really excited for him and what he can do this, this kind of final year in college basketball for him. Uh, I think he's going to be really good again, and I can't wait to see him play. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He joins me Fridays on the show. Dylan, this weekend is really a big weekend for IU basketball, and I'm a little surprised. I have not heard as much buzz as I thought I might about this Fan Fest weekend that's ahead. There's been a fantasy camp. I think there's a golf outing today uh, that some of the former players are at, maybe some of the current players as well. I'm not even sure. But there's some sort of gathering on Saturday, a practice-like uh, get-together, uh, where there's going to be a skills competition and some other things. Uh, it's an NIL deal by the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. Uh, what do you know about it, and is it going to be? Is there going to be a big turnout tomorrow night? I mean, there's a lot of interest about this team. There's a lot of excitement going into the year, but uh, will fans come out for something like this here in the middle of August? I think they will. I think there will be a big turnout. I mean, I agree. I haven't seen like a bunch of things on my you know timeline about it, aside from you know the Hoosier Stairs kind of got to town and they, they put up. They always put up kind of a bunch of videos and stuff like that, but. Uh, but I, I do think you know, there's going to be a lot of fan interest to kind of be be at this event, and you know there, there usually always is. Any time fans get a chance to interact with the basketball team, go to assembly hall, meet players, watch them practice, watch them do anything, uh, it's usually a usually a good size of people will come out for it. Especially this year with how much excitement there is around the program, I expect tomorrow. Uh, once everything kind of gets going, we'll probably see a lot more stuff kind of on Twitter, whatever. You know, we'll probably see. A lot more pictures, fans posting pictures of stuff like, you know, they're with players, videos, stuff like that. So I do think it'll be a good turnout. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot leading up to it, but I think it's going to be a good experience for the fans. I think it'll be a good turnout as well. And, you know, it's a good opportunity for the players to, to make some money. And that's kind of what it's about, help, you know, supporting the players uh, because they're able to get paid now. And, and hopefully it is a good turnout for, for that regard, for, for them to be able to to make some money off of it. So uh, I think, I think it'll be good. Um, and I think, we'll, like I said, I think we'll see a lot more stuff probably tomorrow uh, about fans showing up and, and might see a, maybe a group picture of all the people that are in assembly hall gearing up for it. Uh, it'll probably be a lot of, probably be a cool experience for a lot of the kids. So I'm sure a lot of parents on, you know, signed up for it to get their kids there and do all that. So uh, I think, I think it'll be pretty good. And I think uh, the Hoosier Sterics tweeted out that they were giving out, you know, a free pass to it, but they said there's limited availability. So it does seem like it's filled up pretty well. So, you know, hopefully hopefully it's a good turnout tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I guess this technically is year two of this uh, event yeah. through this collective, and so it's going to be interesting to see if this becomes something in the off season we can bank on. And it just it's it's just different. It's not something – it's not Hoosier Hysteria run by the school. It's run by a third party. So uh, the questions, you know, remain like, will Coach Woodson and the staff even be there? Because technically it's not their event to run, and, and it's just, just different. Uh, but 
But again, if the fans get something out of it, hopefully they get to see some action. Uh, I'm sure that we'll follow it as well. So uh, interesting stuff there for sure. Dylan, I wanted to bring up the Big Ten media rights that were finalized yesterday morning. We discussed it some Thursday on the show, but a big get there, I think, for the Big Ten. Uh, Definitely some major networks involved in addition to the Big Ten network. The question that I got from fans yesterday was, does this mean there's a chance that I've got to subscribe to another streaming platform, uh, talking about NBC Peacock, uh, to possibly watch some IU basketball games? And my answer, without knowing, is probably so. That it looked like 47 or more uh, college men's games alone would be on the streaming-only platform. And help me here, hasn't it been about one game a year uh, that fans have had to get Big Ten Plus, that additional subscription uh, to get a non-conference game or so the last few seasons. So maybe one or two games on Peacock, it could amount to basically about the same money and about the same uh, extra hassle. Yeah, they would. it would always be at least one game for sure on Big Ten Plus. Um, and, and, you know, you'd have, you'd have to subscribe uh, to BTN Plus to be able to, to get that and watch that game. Uh, and a lot of fans were never really happy about that very much. But yeah, I mean, Peacock's gonna, they're gonna stream a lot of Big Ten basketball games. I think it, like you said, it's 40 to 50 men's games. I think it's up to 30 women's games on Peacock. So, uh, they're, they're really gonna be showcasing Big Ten basketball on that. So, uh, I, I, I agree. Uh, it, the answer is yes. You're probably gonna have to sign up for that, that streaming service. Um, it's through NBC. Uh, I have it. Um, so, you know, it's right now, you know, if, you, if you're a golf person and they've been showing a lot of the Saturday, Sunday kind of late round championship rounds, uh, they show that on Peacock. Um, I've seen stuff like, you know, for soccer people, they show the English Premier League on, on Peacock. Um, they show stuff like that. So uh, I have it. I think it's okay. I think it's not bad. So uh, they show some MLB games sometimes on it, too. So, I mean, it's definitely a growing thing and, and you know, seems more people are, are you know, kind of getting their live sports to, to kind of sign deals with them. So, so yeah, probably fans will have to sign up with it. But, but all in all, uh, like you said, the, the, the media rights deal that they struck yesterday was, was just a really good thing. I know some people were you know, probably a little bit unhappy that, that ESPN is not a part of it, which, which I think, you know, it, it might be weird not having, you know, big 10 games on ESPN anymore. Um, but, but it, it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. Cause you still got Fox, you still got CBS, you got NBC, which will be really cool. You know, if you have like a Saturday night NBC game, um, that, that would be a cool thing to have, you know, having the CBS, you know, I think a lot of people probably saw the CBS like tweeted out their music with like the big 10, uh, highlights and stuff. So there's a lot of major players in that Big Ten media rights deal. However, there will be you know a couple extra streaming devices like like Peacock. I think Paramount Plus might be another one. They're affiliated with CBS, so Paramount Plus might be another one that people do. I have that as well. It's like it's pretty cheap. It's only like five bucks or something, so it's not too bad. Um, so yeah, there, there'll be a couple more things fans might have to have to uh, log in if they want to see every single game. But I do think a lot of it will probably be on just CBS, Fox, NBC, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there's going to have there's going to be some some more outlets to kind of watch these games on. Uh, but all in all, it's a good thing for the Big Ten. Uh, it's what like a near seven billion dollar deal, and I think it'll you know toward the later half of the deal would equate to probably like I think it's like one point something billion for each team, uh, which is which is pretty incredible. So uh, you know that that'll be that'll be really good for 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 the Big Ten and all their teams. And once they add UCLA and and USC, it'll it'll probably just keep going up. I think. I think it's it's structured as it's kind of most things are to kind of you know gain more money later on in the year as quarter of the back half toward the con- contract. So 
Uh, it's a good thing altogether. Uh, but yeah, fans will probably have to sign up for a couple more streaming devices, which, uh, you know, can be a pain sometimes. I understand that, but, uh, it should be a good thing. And the, for, for the ESPN, I mean, it's not like ESPN won't talk about like Ohio State at Penn State football game. I mean, they'll talk about it. They just won't be broadcasting it, but you'll still see like Sports Center probably have some content about it and whatnot because they can't just ignore it and pretend it's not going on. So there's that to it too. So yeah, all in all though, it's a good thing for sure. And, uh, you know, I think the universities are excited to kind of start making that money off of it. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, thanks. Enjoy a week one of high school football. We'll catch up again next week. Thank you. Sounds good. All right, we'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment of the week. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins the front runner for Miss Basketball in Indiana. Uh, is no longer in the state. She's going to play at a non-IHSA prep school. And so we'll talk about that, and I just hope that doesn't become a trend. We'll discuss that, some recruiting, and more here on this Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest here in our final segment on Fridays. Kyle, uh, some not-so-good news for high school girls basketball in our state. Ashlyn Shade of Noblesville, who is by far and away, I think, the front-runner for the Indy Star Miss Basketball Award later after the season, uh, has transferred out of Indiana High School basketball. She's going to play up at La Lemire in LaPorte, Indiana, which is a non-member school and uh, basically an elite high school that plays a national schedule. So Indiana High School basketball's best girls player is out of the mix for the upcoming season. I sure hope this doesn't become a trend. Yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise uh, considering, you know, Ashland, you know, won letter team to a state championship last year. And then, you know, they had almost everybody back uh, from that team last year. So sort of a, you know, sort of a, a, a surprising uh, story, I guess. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know a lot about Law of the Mirrors girls basketball program and, and really the whole landscape of girls basketball at the prep school level. But it does make sense that that world does exist and, and, you know, she's going to go on and, and, uh, you know, take, take her abilities there instead of, uh, you know, having that opportunity to win a, uh, miss basketball. And so, you know, I, I always thought of her as a, you know, probably you get to know her a little bit, even when she was a freshman in Noblesville and, you know, knew that she was a high, you know, a big time player, even then, you know, it was pretty clear what she would become. And, and, you know, I always thought she would be the miss basketball in that class. And certainly, you know, would have been a, a major uh, front runner. You know, probably almost a done deal at this point already. But you know, she's gonna she's gonna go uh, do something different. And uh, you know, and the more I heard, you know, I guess maybe not as much of a surprise that that she was looking to go elsewhere. But uh, but still, you know, a big loss for girls basketball in the state, and and a big story uh, certainly. So yeah, that kind of opens things up. You know, team-wise and individual-wise, as you look at the uh, awards going into the next season. 
Yeah, I think that uh, you know we've had discussions about the Indiana Kentucky All Star Series. We we do so almost every summer, uh, but I I feel like Mister and Miss Basketball specifically, those awards in Indiana are still very very coveted. Uh, it's uh, t- something to have on your resume that you were the Mister Miss Basketball from a certain class in the state of Indiana. I hope that that feeling remains in future years, even as a lot of the landscape and in, in sports, whether it be college and even trickle, trickling down to high school changes, I hope that it's a case that that award still remains very meaningful because if you look back at the history of it and who all has received that award over the years, it's just an unbelievable list. Yeah, certainly. And, and you know, I think it still does. I think, you know, even being an Indian All-Star still, you know, carries a lot of weight and, and you know, maybe not so much, like you said, the, the, the week of the game and all uh, of the game against Kentucky and that sort of thing is diminished over time. But, you know, certainly being, a, you know, Miss Basketball or Mr. Basketball and, and being an Indian All-Star s- still carries a lot of weight for those who uh, are able to, to win that. And, you know, say what you will about the, the Kentucky side of things, but, you know, I know it still does have a, have a big impact here, but, you know, I, I don't ever, you know, I try not to, you know, you make uh, sweeping judgments or, you know, because at the end of the day, you got to, you know, I guess do what you feel is you're, you're in your best interest moving forward. And, and as much as I, you know, I always say like, I selfishly hate it because I don't get a chance to cover those athletes who, uh, end up going to prep school or going away, at least to the extent I would if they were still here and, and see him play. So, you know, that's sort of my selfish take on it. And I admit that it is selfish, you know, just because I, you know, it's, it's fun to cover great athletes, you know. So uh, when they do leave, you know, it, it uh, takes away some of that fabric and some of that, you know, you know, just feeling like you're seeing the best. And it, it chips, it does chip away a little bit, I think, at the, you know, just the competitiveness because you want to see the best players uh, in the state uh, compete for state championships and that sort of thing. So, you know, it, it it's definitely become part of our world, though. And, and, you know, I don't blame people for doing, you know, what they think they need to do either. So, you know, there's that side of it, too. It's not always, you know, I know it doesn't always make for uh, strongest takes or whatever, but it's just, you know, it's, it's not always as black and white or, or you know, it's, the world is, uh, there's a lot of gray. And I think, you know, you got to do what's going to be best in your best interest, you know, as you get ready for college and, and possibly beyond for a, for a player like Ashlyn Shade. Kyle Ned and Rip, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. It's the opening night of high school football across the state. Of course, we're all excited for games in our local area. I saw an interesting story in the Indy Star earlier this week about a senior from Franklin High School just south of Indianapolis. His name is Max Clark, and I've heard about him because he's an unbelievable baseball player. He's highly ranked. I think he's number one in a lot of cases uh, as far as uh, the top high school baseball players in the country. And he also is expected to be an MLB draft pick next year, maybe even the number one pick. But right now he's focused on football for his Franklin High School team, uh, which I think is really neat. I know we have a lot of parents of athletes and young athletes that listen to the show, uh, and they always wonder about multiple sports. Or when do you focus in on a sport where you think your kid can uh, maybe get some college uh, scholarship assistance? Uh, And it's neat to see a guy at the very highest level of baseball uh, still play football. There's a risk there for sure in the sport of football, uh, but I thought that was interesting to see Max Clark, a baseball stud, is still keeping with high school football. Yeah, it is. I, I 
did make sure this summer as we were doing some of our you know preview coverage I, you know asked him just texted him asked him if he was playing on playing he's like yeah i'm definitely playing so you know that that is cool to hear uh you know that that you know a top athlete outside especially baseball which seems to be more of a kind of a single uh sport uh anymore you know, for a lot of kids who kind of you know travel baseball and then the stuff you do in the off season baseball is a very technical sport obviously so it takes a lot of time uh, but I think really cool that he's continuing to play. And, you know, like he said in Akeem's story, he's, he's doing it, you know, it's an important thing to him because of the community. He, he wants people to know how that's important to him. So if I had a kid who was maybe getting drafted number one next year in the baseball draft or, or first round, I, I'm not sure if I'd feel the same way. I can't, you know, it's hard to put yourself in that position or even if you're max. But, you know, it is cool because, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know he's he's obviously doing it for unselfish reasons and and obviously he wants to have a great football season personally too but you know that that kind of shows what he's about and, and you know especially for a team you know they they are they had they've been a program that's kind of been up and down they only had three wins last year so losing him would be a a, a major defection you know for that team and uh chris cole their coach there who he's a longtime coach at tri west who had a really good run there and then went on to franklin uh, here probably five six years ago and and you know one of the better coaches in the area for sure but you know so that's, that's i think it's just a cool thing max is doing and and you know it's what he wants to do so you know i think that's a neat thing and 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 uh you know kind of to to show just kind of what kind of person he is what kind of character he has to to continue on and finish out as a senior Kyle Nedrip, the indianapolis star with us where are you headed tonight for high school football to get the season started in your area I'll be on the west side to see uh, Ben Davis host uh, Brownsburg, so that'll be a you know, it's a rematch of last year's uh, sec or I'm sorry regional game that that Ben Davis won. Uh, it was a really cold night, uh, windy, cold, so it'll be a lot different than it will be tonight. But uh, Ben Davis routed Brownsburg after Brownsburg had won the season opener last year, and you know it was I think it was 32 nothing at one point, ended up being 32 14, but. You know, Brownsburg kind of, you know, they beat Carmel to win their first sectional in, I think, 12 years and then went out and uh, really struggled that night. So it'll be kind of a rematch. I think it'll kind of tell us something about both teams. But, you know, again, kind of maybe just sort of a preview, too, of, of what's to come. They, they're actually in the same sectional again this year after the reclass. So, you know, they could meet down the road. They probably will meet down the road uh, here in several weeks in the, in the sectional. So, uh, but it'll be a fun night. There's that game. There's uh, Westfield New Pal. There's uh, Center Grove Warren. Uh, Carmel is hosting Louisville Trinity, which will be a huge game. So there's several really good week one games, and, and wish I could see more of them. And I'm sure I'll watch some of them tomorrow online. But uh, that should be should be a really good opening night, and it looks like we're going to have pretty good weather, uh, knock on wood. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. Uh, Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis Star, is with us Fridays. Kyle, enjoy the opening night of high school football in our state. We'll talk again next Friday. Sounds good. Have a good weekend, Matt. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday edition of the program. Don't forget, St. X football tonight on the Big X, which means our Southern Indiana high school football coverage most Fridays will air on 94.7 FM. So Silver Creek and Charlestown, the big game tonight, you'll need to tune into 94.7 FM, one of our sister stations for that broadcast. But that should be a really fun one, some great games across the area. 
area. And as Kyle said, great weather tonight, so make sure you get out and attend a high school football game at your school or of your choice and to help support these local schools as they start the season. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday program. Don't forget you can find us as a podcast if you missed the live show. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great weekend. Back with you Monday. This is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.